Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM. Queer in the Air would like to acknowledge that we broadcast on the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri and Boon people of the Kulin Nation, true owners, custodians and caretakers of this land on which this program is created and produced. We pay respect to elders past, present and emerging and extend that respect to other Indigenous Australians who may be listening to this broadcast. We acknowledge the continued resilience of First Nation peoples in the face of ongoing colonisation and settlement. We recognise that sovereignty was never ceded and a treaty was never signed. Like most communities, 3CR staff, programmers and volunteers are working remotely and producing the shows from home for the time being due to COVID-19. So some things will sound different as some programmers will present or produce their shows on the phone, via online platforms or other creative methods. But we are still here, giving you up-to-date, radical, alternative and critically engaged content 24-7 during this time. You're listening to Queer in the Air, critically engaged queer commentary with an interest on the intersections of queerness with other experiences of marginalisation. The show is presented by peers on the LGBTIQA spectrum. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter via the handle Queer in the Air and listen to our podcast via 3cr.org.au forward slash Queer in the Air. My name is MV. Today's episode of Queer in the Air was produced and recorded in a substitute workspace in my home in Nam, Melbourne. Please be aware that today's show contains descriptions or discussions of state violence, queerphobia, mental health, suicide, and the effects of structural racism. If this is a trigger for you, please contact Lifeline on 131114 or lifeline.org.au, Switchboard Victoria on 1800 184 527 or switchboard.org.au, or contact your state-based service. On today's episode of Queer in the Air, I will be focusing on the global Black Lives Matter movement, Indigenous deaths in custody, and the erasure of Black and or POC queer voices from the mainstream media, and why the Black Lives Matter political and social movement is important in terms of centering Black queer activism, especially when Black, Brown, Indigenous, Melanesian, African and Polynesian voices, and voices of people of multiple other marginalised voices and intersections are often silenced or erased from media and are not given a platform. You'll hear voices of three people who identify as queer and as people of colour and of multiple intersections. And you'll hear a snippet of the Black Lives Matter and Stop Indigenous Deaths in Custody protest that happened in Nam, Melbourne on Saturday the 6th of June 2020. The three guests on today's show are Naveen Abdullahi, also known as Hip Hop Ho, who describes herself as a politically charged DJ and musician who spans genres, decades and moods in one giant leg spread. Dimpa, an avant composer, soundscape weaver and sonic wizard and a proud mixed kabi-kabi autistic queer man who works to create fields of effortless magic and sound journey. And Anonymous, a genderqueer person of colour of Sudanese background. Anonymous has requested that their identity and voice remains unidentified for personal reasons. I'd like to also acknowledge my privilege of living and working on stolen Indigenous lands, that I am a settler on these lands, and that I speak on these topics as a privileged white person. My voice on this topic is to provide a platform in order to amplify the words, ideas, concepts, and voices of Black, Indigenous, and POC queer voices. As the US Pride Month has come and gone, we need to remember that the Stonewall Uprising and rioting of 1969 were led by queer people of colour, namely two transgender women of colour, Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera, 
and not white people, as so often depicted by the media and films. Johnson was one of the first to resist police intimidation at the bar, and Rivera is rumoured to have thrown the first bottle. These riots sparked an entire civil rights movement that continues to this day. The Sydney Mardi Gras in 1978 began as a commemoration of the Stonewall riots and was a protest against police bashings. The following words are in a publication named It Was Riot, a story of what happened in the lead-up, during, and after the first Mardi Gras. It says, Once we got there, we started to disperse, but police had blocked off both ends of Darlinghurst Road and started arresting people and throwing them violently into waiting paddy wagons. People were punched, pushed over, kicked, and dragged along the ground. The crowd fought back. People started fighting to release those arrested, pulling them out of the paddy wagons. Indigenous people and sex workers became involved in the fight. The bashing and the arrest bound us all together. In so-called Australia, NADOC Week is usually held and recognised during this time of the year, but for 2020 will be celebrated November 8 to 15, 2020. However, in acknowledgement of NADOC Week, we need to know that as of 2020, Aboriginal people maintain a disproportionate level of exposure to the justice system and incarceration in Australia. Deaths have continued since 1991. Between 1991 and June 2020, there have been at least 437 Indigenous deaths in custody, and this is a result of continued colonialism, capitalism, white supremacy, and neoliberalism. In an article published by the Saturday paper, titled Why We Organise Melbourne's Black Lives Matter Rally, warriors of the Aboriginal Resistant Collective organisers Tarnine Onus-Williams, Crystal McKinnon and Mariki Onus stated the following in relation to Indigenous deaths in custody and the June protest. It states, In response, we had our own press conference in Melbourne on behalf of warriors of the Aboriginal resistance. We reiterated our demands and held firm that we are going ahead in the East Coast rallies organised by war. The global movement will not wait. And there are not many opportunities where Aboriginals e Aboriginal issues of death in custody and police and state violence will be heard. It was an imperative for us to elevate the voices of the families of people whose lives have been cut short due to systemic racism and violence. Aboriginal lives and the lives of black and brown people depend on us making a stand. When their lives are violently cut short, it is our moral obligation to say something and to do something they need our collective outrage. They need us to rally. They need us to fight. In 2019, at least 26 deaths of transgender or gender non-conforming people in the US died due to fatal violence, the majority of whom were black transgender women. To date, in 2020, there have been at least 12 transgender or gender non-conforming people fatally shot or killed by other violent means. Black trans activist Marsha P. Johnson once proclaimed that the streets belong to the people, as she, along with Puerto Rican trans activist Sylvia Rivera, argued that black and Latinx transgender youth have a right to walk up and down the streets without threat or harm from everyday people or police officers. This statement is so relevant and true now. Tarnine, Crystal and Mariki made this statement that is so clear and precise in relation to police violence. It states, The irony does not escape us that police on the East Coast have responded to a rally against police violence and brutality with more violence and intimidation. This is an example of why reform just does not and will not work to end police violence. It is built this way. It is systemic and they are operating the way that they were designed. It is not the system that can be fixed. The system is the problem, and that is why these colonial systems must be destroyed. New ways of living must be created that centre Indigenous people and sovereignties. This is the only way forward. Anything less continues to be built on the theft of Indigenous land and the genocide of our people. And so to bookmark this statement, I'll play back an audio snippet of the Nam Melbourne Black Lives Matter and Stop Indigenous Deaths in Custody protests that has Mariki Onus speaking on this issue 
on behalf of the Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance Collective. You're listening to Queer in the Air on 3CR Community Radio, 855am, digital and live streaming on 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming. I can't breathe. The words of George Floyd as he was being murdered by the police in Minneapolis resonated painfully with Aboriginal people as so many of our own have died at the hands of racist police and prison guards here in so-called Australia. We stand in solidarity with our brothers and sisters, our siblings fighting for justice and freedom in the United States of America and everywhere else in the world. In New South Wales, Dungadi man, David Dungai Jr. was held down by five prison guards, also yelled, I can't breathe, more than 12 times. Not one officer even faced disciplinary action for Dungay's murder and his family is still waiting for justice. Racist policing practices are lethal. In 2017, Victoria, Yorta Yorta woman, Annie Tanya Day, was subjected to racist policing practices and systemic racism which caused her death. In 2004, Queensland man, Malarinji Dulmaji was likewise subject to racist policing practices and then murdered in custody. No one was brought to justice for his murder either. In 2019, both Joyce Clark in Western Australia and Kumanjai Walker in the Northern Territory were shot by police, shot to death by police. In New South Wales, in South Australia, Wayne Fallon Morrison, in Western Australia, Miss Dew, in Victoria, Veronica Nelson, all died in custody as a result of outright negligence on the part of police and corrections officers. In 2017, Tani Chatfield's death in custody at the Tamworth Correctional Centre was ruled suicide despite conflicting evidence to the contrary. TJ Hickey, New South Wales, Ray Thomas Jr., Victoria, both died while being pursued by rabid police against their own policing procedures of non-pursuit. Jesse Edwards was murdered on the streets in Swan Hill and his family was still fighting for justice. His racist killers have not been brought to justice. Had all these people been white, they would no doubt be still here. These deaths are among the latest in a long line of deaths in custody in the United States and Australia. Since the Royal Commission in 1991 into Aboriginal deaths in custody, 400, and it says 32 on my piece of paper, but I believe it's 435. As we speak about this, people are dying. No one has ever been convicted for the death of an Aboriginal person at the hands of Australia's racist police and correctional system. Aboriginal people and other racialised people are subjected to police brutality and racist policing practices every single day and we've had enough. Australia and the US are both violent, colonial, racist regimes built on the genocide of Indigenous people and the theft of our lands. The police uphold these systems through the ongoing violent policing practices which sees both Indigenous and African Americans fill prisons and be murdered at the hands of these violent states. Black Lives Matter! That was Mariki Onus of the Warriors of Aboriginal Resistance Collective speaking on the injustices of Indigenous deaths in custody. Stay right there, because after a few announcements, I'll present the series of commentaries by three queer POC voices speaking on the topic of the global Black Lives Matter movement, Indigenous deaths in custody, the co-opting of black culture, and the erasure of black and or POC queer voices from the mainstream media. You're listening to Queer in the Air on 3CR Community Radio, 855am, digital, and live streaming on 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming. In 2020, 3CR is delivering our Beyond the Bars project differently. 
We've been speaking to the Indigenous men and women in Victorian prisons over the phone and we'll bring you those chats throughout the week of Monday, July the 6th to Friday, July the 10th. You can also catch up on the audio from the project online at 3cr.org.au forward slash beyond the bars 2020. We want to see our men and women out of the prison system, but while they're still there, we will give them a voice through Beyond the Bars. Make sure you listen in. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, Melbourne's Voice of Dissent. 3CR Community Radio, 855 on the AM dial, streaming live at 3cr.org.au or on 3CR Digital in Melbourne. An important message from the Victorian Government about coronavirus. To manage coronavirus and save lives, immediate action is required. This means if you can stay home, you must stay home. Yes, it's a major disruption to your lives, but this disruption today will save the lives of many Victorians tomorrow. If you think you may have coronavirus, call the government's hotline on 1800 675 398 or visit coronavirus.vic.gov.au. Victorian Government. Managing this together. A 3CR supporter.
If you just tuned in, you're listening to Query in the Air on 3CR Community Radio, 855am, digital, and live streaming via 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming. My name is MV. In the break, you just heard the track 1, performed and composed by Dimper. The track was released in 2017 and was written in response to the atrocities that were happening to LGBTIQA plus people in Chechnya. 100% of the funds raised from the sale of that single were donated to the Russian LGBT network to help with evacuating those being persecuted in Chechnya. You can hear more of Dimper's music at dimpermusic.bandcamp.com. Today I am focusing on the global Black Lives Matter movement, Indigenous deaths in custody, and the erasure of Black and all POC queer voices from the mainstream media, and why the Black Lives Matter political and social movement is important in terms of centering Black queer activism. In my research on this topic, Dr. Green, who is a Black queer feminist and Director of Diversity and Inclusion at the Sage Colleges, stated the following in relation to the Black Lives Matter movement and the amplification of Black and POC queer voices. This is a movement that encourages black people to remember who we are, to name ourselves as black and to name ourselves as love. Black Lives Matter is a movement of declaration. To declare black life as life is an act of radical resistance. We must articulate blackness. We must articulate who we are, our history, our possibilities in the now and future, and to do so all at once. As a preamble to playing the recordings of Naveen, Dimper, and Anonymous, I decided to reimagine interview format so it centred on the voices of the guests as much as possible. And I provided three broad questions on the topic, so that these answers would be provided as a commentary on the topic, rather than the usual Q&A format. Who are you? What are your identities? What are your intersections and how do they overlap? Here are Naveen, Dimper and Anonymous answering that first question. I want to acknowledge that I'm recording this on stolen land. I pay my respects to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander elders past, present and emerging. I acknowledge the stories, traditions and living cultures of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples on this land and commit to fighting for a better future for all of us. My name is Naveen Abdullahi, daughter of Hamdi and Karima, who migrated to so-called Australia in the 1970s, not as refugees, but nevertheless still to escape an oppressive regime. I'm a first-generation Egyptian, Australian, Muslim, queer artist, pharmacist and activist, born on Gadigal land and currently living on Wurundjeri land. There is a lot of overlap between my Arabic culture and religion, but those intersections are in juxtaposition with my queerness. For me personally, I can't speak for other Arab or Muslim queers. Uh, and in turn, my ethnicity is also in juxtaposition with me being a so-called Australian. My name is Dimpa. I'm a Buraranga Kula Nation-based composer and musician. I identify as an autistic muddy gubby gubby queer man. Queerness and autism have always been around in Indigenous cultures, usually designated as people of magic. Colonisation has stripped these identities from us through capitalism, ableism and homophobia. Hi, I am a 25-year-old genderqueer person of colour and refugee uh, from South Sudan, currently living in Mianjin, Brisbane. My intersections of being queer, black and a person living with a disability have a huge impact on my life and have led me to have severe experiences of isolation, um, anxiety and all of that coupled with the lack of support or community um, makes it very difficult for someone like me to find hope. In the next discussion, I asked Naveen, Dimper and Anonymous to provide commentary on the following. So-called Australia is in the midst of conversations on the global Black Lives Matter movement, Indigenous deaths in custody, discrimination towards Black trans lives, an increase of deaths in black trans women's lives, the erasure of black voices and black queer voices from the mainstream media landscape, yet it also co-ops black culture. However, the conversations rarely centre POC and indigenous voices and the intersections that lie within. Here are their responses. 
So why are BIPOC people not centred in discussions about matters that directly affect and determine the quality of life and prosperity of BIPOC people? Simply put, it is due to racism and the ongoing colonisation of this country. Pre-colonisation, Indigenous Australia was a sophisticated combination of over 500 groups thriving on this land for over 65,000 years, the oldest living culture in the world. So when James Cook arrived and declared terra nullius, it was the first of many lies told to erase, disempower and dominate, the first act of genocide. Within 10 years, the Indigenous population was reduced by 90% due to massacres and the diseases that the settlers brought with them. As the colony expanded, it enslaved, dispossessed, displaced and ethnically cleansed black people. It stripped them of their connection to everything that mattered, their spirituality, their language, their humanity, their communities, families and of their connection to the land. These practices became the law and the foundations of this country. The stolen generations, which is still being carried out today at a vast rate under a thinly veiled welfare guise. The White Australia policy, which was initially called the Immigration Restriction Act and is still sanctioned today in the way that we treat refugees. White Australia is built upon the delusion that whiteness is rightness. All of this history is in stark contrast to the lies I was taught in school. There was a fairy tale whereby Cook discovered Australia and negotiated the amicable handover of the land from the savages who had inhabited it. More than 40 years ago, the Aboriginal writer, activist and former prisoner Kevin Gilbert wrote, The real horror story of Aboriginal Australia today is locked away in police files and child welfare reports. It is a story of private misery and degradation caused by a complex chain of historical circumstance that continues into the present. We're at an interesting time in history whereby the global news is accessible to almost everyone. BIPOC people are sharing their stories. They are exposing the systemic racism that they've had to come up against for generations. They're exposing police brutality. They're demanding justice. They're dumbing it down and spelling it out for you. Why would you ever consider that black lives don't matter? How dare you? If you claim to not have known this before, you now know. Any ignorance from here on in is willful and inexcusable. So with all of that background information, it's obvious as to why white people feel as though they can talk about black lives and futures in the absence of black people. It's white supremacy and entitlement in action. They've been doing it since the beginning of colonisation. What's changed though is that white people have realised that the cultures of BIPOC people are so rich and powerful that they want in. White people seem to be fine with fetishising and cannibalising BIPOC culture without seeing the need to dismantle the systems that keep these people oppressed. Why is that? Some people know that they benefit from the privilege that comes with keeping BIPOC people oppressed. Some people would like to help but put it in the too hard basket. And I must admit that I've been guilty of this. I've come to realise that apathy is a political act. It, it, is, it isn't just doing nothing. Apathy equals complicity and collusion. I know better now and so do you. The other thing is, racism is so rife and ingrained here that some people can't even recognise it. And when it's pointed out, the outrage, defensiveness and fragility that comes along with that indicates that they never wanted to know in the first place. White Australia needs to stop with the missionary mentality where they think they know what's best for BIPOC people. True care and commitment to dismantling white supremacy looks like this. Self-determination, reparations, institutional change, abolishing racist and colonial constructs such as the police and prisons with a reallocation of those resources and funding into community development, housing, healthcare and education. BIPOC people need full control and the white allyship to support that. If you aren't BIPOC, listen first and only do as you're asked by the BIPOC community. If you have a profile platform or voice, use it to amplify the messages of the BIPOC community without bringing your ego into it. I can only speak from my practice in music here. 
There's a blatant history of white musicians thinking that POC cultures are their playground to pick and choose bits from without consulting with or lifting up the voices that they've stolen from. From the history of blues, rock and roll, even back to Dvorak and his appropriation of indigenous Turtle Island songs. It's part of their colonial mindset where they think the world is their God-given right to pillage and take from as they please. And even they go ahead with white-based nepotism that's thinly veiled as meritocracy. Either that, or they're afraid of doing something wrong when interacting with BIPOC, and in doing so never have the courage to do anything about it, hence creating homogenies of culture. Um, So-called Australia is currently in the um, midst of a conversation about the global Black Lives um, Matter movement. Um, And I think it is easy to center a culture that one can make profit from without acknowledging the damage it is causing to the people the land and the culture and making that acknowledgement means admitting that not only you have caused damage which can be extremely challenging but also coming to terms with the lack of knowledge you have about about specific issues people in positions of privilege and power often don't know understand what that even means um and that's how blinding privilege and power is realizing privilege and the systems that empower you means allowing yourself the discomfort that comes with learning about these um, areas, which I can imagine is not the road many white people um, want to take. Therefore, when these businesses, policies, laws, lawmakers and organizations that are causing damage to black indigenous uh, people of color, their land and their culture are held accountable, they find it incredibly hard and uncomfortable to respond in a way that isn't defensive. Stay right there, because after a few announcements, I'll present the final commentaries from Naveen, Dimpa and Anonymous on the topic of the global Black Lives Matter movement, Indigenous deaths in custody, and the erasure of Black and or POC queer voices from the mainstream media. You're listening to Queer in the Air on 3CR Community Radio, 855am, digital, and live streaming on 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming. Isolated? Quarantined? Need some essentials but can't leave the house? Or just having a hard time dealing with everything at the moment? Queer Aid NAM is a new mutual aid group of organised volunteers. We're here, we're queer, and we've got your back. Whether or not that's how you identify, nobody should be suffering because capitalism or the state didn't provide what they needed. That's why we're working to strengthen our communities through solidarity. Put in a request for help and we'll match you with a volunteer in your area who can either pick up groceries or other essentials for you, help you run errands, cook meals for you, or check in with how you're going. If you or someone you know is having a hard time, or if you want to join the volunteer list, find us on QueerAidMelbourne.org or search for us via Facebook, COVID-19 Queer Aid Nam Melbourne. So tell your family and your friends, and don't forget your neighbours. That's QueerAidMelbourne.org, a 3CR supporter. pandemic was starting, I think what we've seen that any pre-existing inequality and discrimination was actually really heightened during the pandemic. For LGBTQ people seeking asylum, the differences were in the fact that as any other asylum seekers, they are on bridging visas. And it is really difficult to find employment on the bridging visa. A lot of LGBTQ people seeking asylum are not eligible for Medicare. And so in situations before when they were able to work and had any specific medical needs, now there was no jobs anymore. People seeking asylum are not eligible for any government income support. And so for many that meant that they cannot meet their health needs at all. Tricia, your station in struggle and solidarity. To donate, go to 3cr.org.au.
They are also allowed to break into your phone if they have a reason to do so. And what we end up with is a surveillance state. What we end up with is multiple government agencies that have legal powers to surveil you when you have not been proven guilty. The underlying tenet of Western law is that you are innocent until proven guilty. What we're moving to is suspicion is enough to take away rights in order to build a case towards guilt. And that's not a legal framework that we agreed to. 3CR, your station in struggle and solidarity. To donate, go to 3cr.org.au. If you just tuned in, you're listening to Queer in the Air on 3CR Community Radio, 855am, digital and live streaming via 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming. My name is MV. Today, I'm focusing on the global Black Lives Matter movement, Indigenous deaths in custody, and the erasure of Black and or POC queer voices from the mainstream media landscape, and why the Black Lives Matter political and social movement is important in terms of centering Black, queer, activism, and voices. In the final part of the program, I will play back the final commentaries from Naveen, Dimper, and Anonymous on the topic of the global Black Lives Matter movement Indigenous deaths in custody, and the erasure of black and or POC queer voices from the mainstream media. I asked Naveen, Dimper and Anonymous to provide their thoughts on how the Black Lives Matter commentary also leads to a discourse that draws a clear boundary between two separate communities, one black, one queer, but also how it challenges the analogy of blackness and queerness, and how it provides insight into the complex arrangements of power that affect the lived experiences at the intersection of queerness, blackness, and gender. Here are their responses. As a general rule, the more intersections that exist for a person, it's more likely that that person experiences a greater disadvantage, and also the more likely that they are to be forgotten by larger movements. So from what I can see, the Black Trans Lives Matters movement and the All Black Lives Matters movements stemmed from the LGBTQ IA plus communities not feeling included or seen as part of the larger movement. Now, I mean, LGBTQ plus people know this, or hopefully they know this, maybe not everybody knows this, but we need to know this, that the most marginalized people in the LGBTQIA plus communities are BIPOC trans women. They're the most likely to experience violence and the least likely to have access to house, housing and healthcare, the most basic of human rights. Has there been an increase in the number of murders of black trans women? Not markedly. Is it a problem? Absolutely. Now and for a long time, we should all be outraged. The momentum of the Black Lives Matter movement has brought many long-standing humanitarian issues to the mainstream consci human consciousness. I believe that religion and colonization have played a significant role in the dissonance of the ideas that blackness and queerness can coexist. Those constructs have also demonized trans and non-binary people. There are several non-white cultures where genders other than the binary not only exist, but are celebrated. But it's not just a black thing. I mean, in 2017, the Australian government subjected us all to a plebiscite on marriage equality, which was traumatic and unleashed an overt homophobia that I had not quite experienced before. In my experience, queerness, Islam, being femme, Arabic, so-called Australian and a feminist are all at odds with each other. Apart from the crescendo in Islamophobia due to the media's abuse of power, both in this country and around the world, I grew up not seeing any examples of how these things could ever coexist. So I compartmentalised and hid parts of myself to suit different situations, which is something that I'm still unpacking today. Just in the last week, the story of Sada Hegazi's suicide was reported. She took her life due to the PTSD she acquired after being arrested, jailed and tortured by the Egyptian police and government for raising the pride flag at a concert. 
The reality in Egypt is that homophobia is ubiquitous, with Arab queers citing daily instances of abuse, humiliation and harassment. At the other end of the spectrum, strong feminist rapper Mona Haidar says that her hijab is a spiritual tool of liberation. And I believe that and I respect that and I appreciate that. Defiant Egyptian activist Mona El-Tahawi says, there is no liberation without queer liberation. There is no liberation without gender liberation. There is no liberation without sexual liberation. We are the revolution and we are the future. They should expect us because we are coming. In conclusion, I implore each and every one of you to act now. Support movements that fight for the liberation of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples, for Black, Brown and Latino peoples, for refugees, for differently abled peoples, for sex workers, for people in prison, for the LGBTQIA plus communities and any other marginalised peoples. Boycott companies who drive illegal slave trade via cheap BIPOC and or prison labour. Boycott companies who contribute to the destruction of the planet. Support small business. Support black-owned business. We need to take the power back. Our liberation is all tied up together and no one wins unless we all do. I had an interaction with a turf recently who was also supporting the Black Lives Matter movement. I mentioned to her that a lot of BIPOC cultures actually embrace transness and queerness, but due to colonisation these have been lost. Unfortunately those religious ideals still permeate through our BIPOC cultures, so it's tough growing up at these clashing intersections of identity. According to the First People's Disability Network, 45% of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people live with a disability or chronic illness. It's also interesting where it is a known fact that trans, non-binary and gender-fluid people have higher rates of autism, as we often question the rigid rules of gender. I can only support POC, quilt, bag and disability spaces if they are intersectional. Keeping these communities separate only weakens our fight against colonial capitalist hegemony. Acceptable queerness is a very Western concept, um, the political West, through powers of imperialism in various effects caused the marginalization of LGBTIQ uh, people um, across the world and then went on to emerge as ultimate survivors when they went through the process of decriminalizing queerness. Um, queer black indigenous people of color who advocate for the freedom of their queer identities in their own respective ways realize that they are often in fact advocating for their racial liberation. We therefore then understand that we have really not come so far in actually finding independence for all LGBTIQAP plus people um, around the world. And more than that, white supremacy still exists. It just looks and operates different. And the racism that used to be is just repackaged and marketed in various different ways and is still very maliciously prevalent. And this has devastating effects for people across intersections, including LGBTIQAP+, those with disabilities, single parents, older Black Indigenous people of colour, and so on. Um, one of the things that I think is fantastic about the Black Lives Matter movement is that it brings the intersectionality of Black people to the forefront. It further then recognizes the importance of the various ways systematic elements like prison abolition, gun violence, police brutality, toxic masculinity, white feminism, and so on that impact the life of black trans people, black women, black men, black children differently and, and thereby recognizes the attention we need to be giving these issues. The bottom line is there is there can be no hierarchy created um, in this moment to determine which black lives are more valuable than others. There is space for us all behind this movement. 
Um, Black Lives Matter means all black lives, no matter their gender identity, religious belief, or country of birth. Race and gender equality go hand in hand for black LGBT um, plus people. We can't pick only one kind of justice because to examine them both is too complicated or makes us look at our own complacency. Transphobia and sexism are part of white supremacy, and so it all must go. And trans voices cannot be silenced in this moment. I'd like to thank Naveen, Dimper, and Anonymous for lending their voices, ideas, and commentary to today's segment, and numerous other voices of POC people who have helped me put these ideas and notions in place. The queer roots and the POC roots of the Black Lives Matter movement means hearing the multiple ways that black queer people speak about freedom, liberation and justice. These conversations centre solely on the voices of black, brown, indigenous, people of colour and multiple other marginalised voices and intersections and not on the voices of white settlers and colonisers. We need a revolution and we need to take part. We need to centre black, indigenous and POC voices. We need to defund the police in Australia. That is, there needs to be a dramatic structural change at large governmental levels, and that funding has to go into other options that will keep communities and individuals safe, like social workers and community care workers. That funding should go into schools, low-income housing, food, mental health services. We need to repeal laws that criminalise survival and that abolishes white supremacy colonialism and capitalism. How can you support black, indigenous and POC communities? Keep learning. We have an obligation to be actively anti-racist. Learn about the history of this country. It's not enough to be non-racist. Continue discussions with your communities so that these topics don't subside after a Black Lives Matter protest or rally. Make a donation. Pay the rent. Get informed and become involved. More information on this resistive movement can be found at Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance via the Facebook handle at WAR Collective. Other organisations to be aware of and to give your support to are Pay the Rent at paytherent.net.au Aboriginal Legal Rights Movement at alrm.org.au North Australian Aboriginal Justice Agency at naaja.org.au Sisters Inside at sistersinside.com.au Victorian Aboriginal Funeral Fund at aboriginalvictoria.vic.gov.au ANTAR at antar.org.au Black Rainbow at blackrainbow.org.au First Peoples Disability Network Australia at fpdn.org.au and natsils at natsils.org.au These organisations provide information and calls for action on the human rights of Indigenous people in so-called Australia. I'll place links to these organisations on today's show notes on Queer in the Air's webpage later today. If you have questions, comments, or complaints about today's program, contact us via queerintheair at gmail.com. Listen to our collection of podcasts and to today's program on demand for a week after initial broadcast via 3cr.org.au forward slash queerintheair, with the podcast coming soon after. Again, I'd like to thank my guests, Naveen Abdullahi, Dimper and Anonymous for lending their voices, ideas, concepts and words to today's program. If the content in today's show has been a trigger for you, please contact Lifeline on 13 11 14 or lifeline.org.au, Switchboard Victoria on 1800 184 527 or switchboard.org.au or contact your state-based service. Up next is Arabic music program Salam Radio Show. Thanks for listening. 3CR stands in solidarity with the uprising in Turtle Island. Black Lives Matter. 
To support First Nations families here, please donate to David Dungo's family at the Justice for Junior Black Lives Matter GoFundMe page. Donate to Kumanjai Walker's family for their fight for justice. The GoFundMe page is Justice for Yundamu Inquiry on Police Shooting. Support the Sisters Inside Free Her campaign to pay off fines for Aboriginal women in prison. And donate to Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance. No justice, no peace, no prisons, no police. But how can been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.